When you were younger, or if you're young now, did it ever happen to you that, that someone would see something that you did or said and, and say, oh, that's just like your mother or just like your father? Maybe it was the way that you said a certain phrase. Maybe it was the way that, that you carried yourself when you walked. Maybe it was the way you smiled or, or the way that you laughed. And when that happened, what did you think of that? Was that a good thing or a bad thing, in your mind at least? Maybe you think, well, I kind of like my parents. I don't mind being compared to them. But then again, maybe you think, no, I want to be my own person. I'm independent. I, I don't really want to have anybody tell me that you're just like your mom or your dad. For the Jews, there was one person to whom any of them wouldn't mind being compared. And that was Abraham. It was a birthright for the Jews to be a descendant of Abraham. And any self-respecting Jew would be proud to claim that. Father Abraham definitely had many sons. And the Jews believed they were those sons, those children of Abraham. And it's this, this high estimation of Abraham that Paul uses then in his argument that he's making to the Roman Christians. In his letter in chapter 3, Paul has been talking about the relationship between faith and works. And as he's working through, he gets down to the close to the end of the chapter, and in verse 28 he says these words that are relatively familiar to us. For we conclude that a person is justified by faith without the works of the law. And then a few verses later, when he starts chapter 4, he says, in essence, And now, as exhibit A, I give you Abraham. So let's listen again to the beginning part of that passage, our epistle reading from today, from Romans chapter 4. I'll read the first three verses. What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, discovered according to the flesh? If indeed Abraham had been justified by works he would have had a reason to boast, but not before God. For what does scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. This is God's word. Now again, the Jews considered themselves to be Abraham's true children, and thus also God's children. But what about us? Well, that's the question I want us to think about today. Are you a child of Abraham? Now, the answer to that question can't be determined if you go on Ancestry.com or, or trying to take a DNA test. And really, the answer to that question boils down to a simple binary response. How is it that you believe that you're saved? Do you believe you're saved by your works or by faith? If you believe that you are saved by your works, then you are not a child of Abraham. But didn't Abraham do all sorts of good works? He certainly did. We heard about some of them in the Old Testament reading. What did Abraham do when God called him from Haran to pick up everything and everyone and come to the land that I will show you? Abraham picked up and went. What did Abraham do when he made it to this land that God had, had said 
he was bringing him to. He built an altar and he called on the name of the Lord. What did Abraham do when God told him to sacrifice his only son, his heir, Isaac? Abraham is ready to sacrifice him until the Lord intervened. So many good works that Abraham did. And this, this high estimation of Abraham is reflected even in the, the non-biblical Jewish literature that was written primarily between the time of the Old Testament and the New Testament. Here's just one example from a writing called, a book called Sirach. In Abraham's flesh, the Lord established a covenant, and in testing, he was found faithful. Therefore, with an oath, the Lord assured him that the nations would be blessed in his offspring. Note the, the logic there. Abraham was faithful, and therefore, God blessed him. And don't get me wrong. It's wonderful that Abraham did all of these these works, but did they bring about his justification, his being credited as righteous in God's eyes? Could Abraham have gone to God with, with all of his good works and said, look, God, here are all of the ways that I have been faithful to you, all of the works I have done. Can't you give me some credit for that? Can't you count me as righteous in your eyes? Well, Abraham didn't do that. Paul says in verse 2, if indeed Abraham had been justified by works, he would have had a reason to boast, but not before God. And in verse 13, Paul said, indeed, the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not given to Abraham or his descendants through the law, through what he did, in other words. Now, of course, we don't want to get the impression that, that Abraham was operating this way, that he was trying to be in God's good graces by what he did. But that is our natural inclination. Now, maybe you're saying, wait a minute, I'm a Lutheran. I don't believe that I'm saved by anything that I do. I can say by faith alone and by grace alone with the best of them. Now, I'm not doubting that. And maybe you can even cite your baptismal date as the day when God brought you into his family, when he made you one of Abraham's descendants. And if it wasn't then, it was later in life, you can think about when God is the one who worked faith in you through his word without any effort on your part. But remember I said earlier that it's our natural inclination to think that we can do things to try to please God. Think about how our world operates. We usually don't think about trying to get something, something that we want at least, for nothing. We have all kinds of sayings that go along those lines. There's no such thing as a free lunch. If something's offered to us, we say, well, what's the catch? You get what you pay for. Our brains just have a hard time wrapping themselves around the concept of grace of getting something, especially the best something, for nothing. And so, even though we may be pretty good at thinking that we are not brought to faith, we are not made a part of, of God's family through anything that we do, what about how we live our lives as Christians? 
Are there times, maybe, that, that we edge a little bit into some works righteousness as we thinking about, think about living the good Christian life? You know, maybe thinking about how God somehow smiles extra hard at you because you go to church more often than the average church member? Or because you put more than your fair share into the offering plate? Or because you study your Bible more than the guy down the pew? Because you go to Bible class and you read the Bible every day? Maybe we're thinking that, that God is going to smile on us. Maybe we're thinking that we can earn some extra points with him, that maybe somehow we can get even like extra jewels in our crown in heaven. If we're thinking that way, we have allowed the law to become at least part of the foundation of our salvation, of the fact that God counts us righteous. And we've nullified God's promise by doing so. Paul said in verse 14, to be sure, if people are heirs by the law, faith is empty and the promise is nullified. We might as well set up a little shrine to ourselves because we've, we've taken God and well, we've supplanted him at least in part from his number one position, from the one who has done everything for our salvation. And you see the danger in thinking that way, right? That we can do things that are going to make God happy just on our own. When we do that, it's sin, pure and simple. But if you are simply believing in Jesus as your Savior, you are a child of Abraham. The best example of this concept don't have to look too far. It's Abraham. Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Paul says, quoting from Genesis 15. Note the sequence of events here. Belief, faith, and then being credited with righteousness. Trusting in God and then you're in good standing with him. Now a little, con a little context might help for us here with, with this statement. Abraham was freaking out just a little bit because he didn't have a true heir because he and Sarah weren't able to have children. And so God comes to him and tells him, he assures him that he was going to give him an heir, that they would have a child, a son. And then he takes Abraham outside and he says, look at the sky, look at the night sky, try to count the stars. That's how numerous your descendants will be. So, what did Abraham do? Oh, and then it says, I forgot the most important part. Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. So what did Abraham do to get that, to, to be credited with righteousness? He didn't do anything. He trusted that what God told him was true. That's what faith does. Faith receives the promise. And God works faith in human hearts in the first place. We also know those words from Paul in Ephesians 2 about faith, that is, by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. God is the one who creates faith in us, whether that was in our baptisms or whether it was later in life. 
Abraham believed the promises of God. But his belief, his faith was itself a gift, something that God worked in him. So where does that leave us? How do we stack up compared to Abraham? Remember, Paul is using Abraham as, as exhibit A and showing how it is that, that we're saved, that it's not by anything that we do, that we are counted righteous by God simply because he wants to do it. So are you right up there on Abraham's level? Do you have the faith necessary to trust that God is going to work miraculously in your life? Let's think about that for a moment. What has God done for you lately? Well, let's back that up even more. What has God done for you in your life? Has he made magnificent promises to you that, that seem unattainable? Well, he has made a promise to you, a magnificent promise to you that is attainable because Jesus attained it. Think about the miraculous things that God has worked in your life. Because he made a promise to you. He knew you even before you were conceived. And he chose you to be one of Abraham's descendants. One of God's own children. And in fact, even though you were born a rebellious little sinner, God took you. He washed you clean in your baptism. Purifying you of all of your sin through the shed blood of Jesus. He created faith in you. He created trust in Jesus in you as your Savior. And he gave you a gift. He gave you the gift of eternal salvation, something that you could not and, and can't work for or earn. God counts you righteous. He counts you to be holy and perfect because his Son was holy and perfect. As Paul says in verse 5, to the person who does not work, but believes in the God who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited to him as righteousness. Now, did you catch there to whom God credits this righteousness or whom it is that God justifies? The ungodly. And that's not all of those people out there that are, that are the bad people. That's you. That's me. We're the ones who by nature are ungodly. Because we think we're not. We think that there are things by nature that we can do to try to make God happy. But we don't even need to. Remember, as children of Abraham, we are children of the promise. The promise that God made to Abraham, that he would be the father of many nations. The promise that God makes to us, that we are part of of that family. Paul said the promise is by faith so that it may be according to grace and may be guaranteed to all of Abraham's descendants. Now note that word guaranteed. That's what a true promise is. It's, it's a guarantee. It's not like promises sometimes we make, like we, we tell our children, well, if you keep your room clean all week, we'll have pizza night this weekend. Well, that promise is conditional. It's not a guaranteed thing. But God's promise to us is guaranteed. He promised to send Jesus as our Savior, which he did. He promised that Jesus was going to live a life that was 
perfect, free and clear of any sin, which he did. He promised that Jesus was going to go as the Lamb of God to the cross and die to take away the penalty for our sin. And he did. And he promised that that Jesus would rise from the dead to show he conquered sin and death and the devil to guarantee our eternal life. And he did. And now, God promises that by believing in Jesus as our Savior, we have forgiveness of sins, we have eternal life with him. Is he going to back out on that promise? Why would he? How could he? So are you a child of Abraham? Are you a true child of God? I'll put it a little more simply. Do you believe that Jesus, the very Son of God, has done everything necessary to attain your salvation and that he's given that to you as a gift? Just as Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness, continue to believe in the God who gives you the righteousness of his son, Jesus. Amen. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.